Hey, I'm Steve Follin. Thanks for listening. This episode of Being Freelance is supported by The Podcast Host. They're there to help you get your podcast up and running. No matter your technical skills, there's nothing to stop you getting your own podcast if that's what you want to do for your personal brand as a freelancer. So check out the website, beingfreelance.com. Follow the link through to The Podcast Host. First, though, let's find out what it's like being freelance for copywriter Laura Glover. I just didn't want to carry on working for agencies. I actually, I've kind of adjusted to this remote working style of life really well. It can be a bit overrated, the whole London agency lifestyle. I just turned into a zombie. I've actually just had to up my day rate. My accountant pointed out, he was like, you do realise you've kept your day rate the same for six years. I was like, oh, okay. When it comes to timings, costs, etc., just literally go, okay, how long will it take me? How much will it cost? And just put it out there. And if the client's not happy with it, it doesn't matter. Rather than trying to please the client, just do what I know is right. Yes, welcome to another one. I hope all is well in your freelance world. This time around, copywriter Laura Glover. We'll chat to her in a moment. Don't forget, vote beingfreelance.com is the place to find all of our previous guests. We also list key takeaway points there for each guest and uh, useful links, things like that. You can also sign up to our mailing list and find out about New Media Europe 2016, which is a conference that I'm going to be at in June in London, in England. And we're going to be doing this podcast podcast kind of live basically in front of an audience well i hope there's an audience <laughs> otherwise it's going to be very much like this podcast but it will be me on my own in a room with just one other freelancer so anyway yes new media europe june 2016 in case you're listening to this in some future date uh, let's crack on though and chat to laura glover hey laura hi thank you for doing this you're welcome um how about we get started chatting about how you got started being freelance well, I, was, I had been working in agencies in London for quite a few years. Um, I'd just jumped from one to another. And the, well, the last one I was in permanently, I just started not enjoying it. I didn't enjoy the life of it. I didn't like the working all hours. I didn't like going home like a zombie. Um, I was working all weekends. Um, and I just couldn't personally see how I could kind of keep that up. So in a moment of madness, I went in one day and I quit. <gasps> <laughs> um, and I didn't know what I was going to do but I had a month to sort myself out so I built my own website I kicked people I knew signed up to recruiters um, and by the end of my notice period I had lined up some freelance work for the following week and I've not really looked back since I kind of hopped from one freelance gig to the next um, I've worked solo um, as a creative team I've worked in top London agencies boutique agencies in-house agencies you name it I've done it um, and it was only when I got offered a permanent job at a place I was working um, that I decided that to look at the bigger picture and would I end up back to where I was even though I was enjoying the work there was it going to become one of these ones that would just become my entire life again and it just swamped me and it so it was then that I decided that I would actually start building up a freelance kind of base of clients which I could do working remotely because um, the aim was always for my husband and I to move out of London. Even though, yes, we could commute in, my husband still commutes in daily. We just thought if we we're going to have a family in the future, we weren't going to be able to do the London agency life and get home in time to pick up a kid. 
whether it was from a nursery, school, childminder, whatever, it just wasn't going to be an option. But I didn't want to give up my career either because I'd been putting so many years into it. So I just started to put myself out there as a remote worker. And even though it was tough at the beginning, over the past six years, I've grown a client base that actually in a way works for me. And I had a kid a couple of years ago and I've managed to continue working since. And even though it's most evenings and weekends, it's kind of, it's been worth it. So that's that's how I've wow. kind of become freelance. <laughs> I tell you, I mean, hats off to you for the forward planning of thinking, right, I, you know, we're going to have a kid in a few years' time. So how yeah. about I start building up a remote business now? That's, you know. Yeah. Okay. So when did you first hand in that resignation? When did you first, you know, quit that and go freelance? Just to give us a time perspective of all of that. That would have been 2010. I think it was literally just after New Year. I went in 2010. I love so that. And you just went in without yeah. a plan. You see, okay, so at that point you weren't planning. <laughs> no, I had no plans. I had no idea what I was going to do. I, I kind of thought, is this is advertising what I want to be doing? Do I need to change career? I, I just did not know what to do. Um, and I just thought well I need to just kind of go out there by myself and start figuring out if it was something I wanted to do and I realized it it was but I just didn't want to carry on working with well for agencies um that you know they don't really value you too much they just want you to do the work so that they can get paid (laughs) so your first clients how were you finding them how did that work well I I signed up with recruiters to start with um and that's pretty much where they were coming from it was word of mouth um contacts that I had and most of it was recruiters and and over the time it has just pretty much now come down to word of mouth um and I apparently search very well um (laughs) which is obviously very good for me Back in 2012, I got in the top 50 freelancers um, in the drum magazine. Mm. So that, I believe, like it brings like 50% of the traffic through to my website is wow. you know, from that back in 2012. Did you put yourself forward to be one of the top 50? No, I didn't. It was actually through like people I'd worked with, um, just oh. contacts. Um, I actually didn't know anything about it until I heard from the drum to say that I had got into the top 50. <laughs> That's amazing. It's like it's like winning an award without any of the work having to put... I'm not being, I know. I mean, the work was in the work itself, if you see what I mean. But, yeah. But, you know, none of the applications and all of that. That's great. Yeah. Oh, no, it was fantastic. And it was lovely to kind of think, oh, brilliant. That's, you know, an achievement. And I didn't realise actually how much that was going to benefit me um, for the work because as I said 50% of the traffic comes from that kind of list of freelancers in the drum um, and you think this is about three four four years on um, and it's still coming from there so um, yeah it was it was just some um, very good luck <laughs> yeah well look well because f- f- I mean I'm not an SEO genius but clearly the drum is a huge um, website and therefore the the respect that it has means that the link through to your website is worth a lot more than yes. for example if I with my being freelance you know I'm gonna link through to you but I don't I'm not the drum that that's you know it's like the BBC linking to you yeah. it? Uh, it is yes. At what point then, because you don't trade as Laura Glover, right? No. So tell us about that. 
I love the company name. Go on. Yeah, <laughs> I really wish it had a really good story behind it. But I, when I was, I had my my month to sort myself out. I'd been speaking to other people, and they were like, "Okay, when you you pick your limited company name, you've just you've got to you've got to pick a name that people will remember." Um, and so one person was like, "I always wear red specs, so I am Red Spec Limited." You know, things like that. And I was just like. <laughs> Oh, right. Okay. Okay. I'm a copywriter. I'm meant to be able to come up with something brilliant here. I'm meant to be a genius. And I couldn't. And at last minute, I just went, right, what will I go with? And at that time, I used to have a crazy haircut. And it was like a manga head cartoon character. So it was, I, I mean, some people used to call me Rod Stewart. It was this kind of like horrendous blonde, spiky kind of fringe. It was, it wasn't a good look. And, um, but it was, it was different and it was quirky. And, um, yeah, I, I just went, okay, I'm just going to be manga head. And it was, you know, a year later, it all came off and it's now pixie. But it, it kind of stuck. Um, and yeah, so that's why I kind of, I go with manga head. Um, and yeah, I, I just, I don't think I've got the heart to ever change it. <laughs> uh, well, it's working. And like you say, it's, it's memorable. So I like the fact that the advice from the beginning from others was not to trade as yourself. Yeah, they just said, be creative. Just try to stand out from the rest. Um, because at the end of the day, a name can easily be forgotten. And in the case of me, like my my surname's obviously changed since getting married. Um, so the people that knew me beforehand, you know, they wouldn't be able to find me afterwards because I've got a different name. So as long as, you know, the company's the same, you can find me. And they were also recommending, I get, I'm presuming, that you went as a limited company, not a sole trader from the from the outset. Yeah, there's a lot of agencies that won't employ you if you aren't a limited company. Oh, right. So that was the kind of... Um, the reason why I went for that, just purely because there's, yeah, a lot of the London agencies are a bit like, oh, yeah, we need you to be limited. So you were doing work for agencies, but you'd wanted to get out of an agency. Did it feel different when you were working freelance rather than working in it? Yeah, you didn't get absorbed in the politics. You weren't kind of being dragged into meetings left, right and centre. Um, that's what you always found that you say, if, yeah, you've got a 10 hour day you only spent two hours of it at a desk. The rest of it was going from one meeting to the other and just kind of watching different people kind of argue out against each other. So it was just nice to go into somewhere and just do the work. You weren't, yeah, you just weren't caught up in politics. And you were still going into actual places to work. They still wanted you to be there. At the beginning, um, when I first went freelance, yes, um, that was kind of what I did. I'd go into different agencies, um, whether it was for a week, whether it was for two months. Um, that's, yeah, how I first originally did it. And then there was um, a couple of places that I'd worked and they were fine with me not being actually in the office. I'd go in and I'd pick up a brief or I'd go in and present the work to them. But I didn't actually have to be there. One of them, it was purely because they didn't have any space. <laughs> so it was, you know, it worked fine for me. And um, it was due to that that I thought, actually, you can do a lot more remote working. Mm. And um, when I moved out of London, I didn't want to be having to go in and out. That's why I then thought, 
actually all the clients I work with now will be just the ones I can work with at home. Um, and it was a tough thing to do because a lot to like to get people to realise that actually remote working isn't the dirty cousin they think it is. It's actually the future. It's um, it was a tough kind of challenge. More and more people are kind of understanding that you don't actually have to be in an office to do work, especially copywriting. It's done on a Word doc. You email it. Yeah, the biggest challenge was just actually changing people's mind um, and just kind of making them aware that you're not having to pay overheads that large agencies slap on for the final bill. You're just literally paying for the time spent on the work that I've done. And I have noticed that in the past six years, it's become a lot easier to do because small to medium businesses are now rejecting the big agency model. It's now, you know, it's never been easier to set up your own business and to promote it through websites and social media. So with just like a little help from someone like me, they can have a business that looks very much alive because they've got the social media updates happening and they're not having to pay a hefty retainer that a big agency would so you don't find that you're now having to educate people on the benefits of having somebody work remotely? It was more back then. It was back then. It's, I mean, yeah. it's the past couple of years that it's just seemed to be kind of accepted and it mm. seems to be a norm. Um, and people, you know, now find me online and they get in contact and they never kind of say, oh, you know what? it'd be great if you can come in and have this brief they just kind of instantly just go yeah okay what we need is this when can you get it to us how much do you charge you know do you talk to them at all like do do, you know (laughs) do do you jump on a skype call or 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 does it just depend on what the client would like it depends like i've got clients that i have never spoken to um i've got loads of clients i have never met um but i have spoken to like i know their voice I don't know their number when it comes up you know it's 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 it is a bizarre kind of setup I suppose um but they've kind of they know that I will do the work they know that you know it's going to be to standard that they want and I suppose you know they don't feel like they need to kind of like see the face behind it Yeah, there's a lot to be said for, for meeting face-to-face, but I've got to say, I mean, pretty much all of my work is remote and a lot of those people I don't even ever speak to or see. Yes. Um, and for some, some bit, 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 you know, bigger projects, I try to get on like a video Skype call so that they can okay. see I exist and that they're there. And, and in yeah. fact, after we speak today, I am meeting one of them who I've been working with for two years for the first time. It almost feels like we've been dating or something, you know? It's yeah. Like it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it'll be weird to see her face when it's not pixelated. Yeah, that's uh, true, actually. But it definitely has shifted in the past five or six years. I, I remember be, you know, having to go in for a day at least before they would let me sneak out and work from home. So it's almost like yeah. they, didn't, they didn't believe it was... It's like the... Sh- the um, what is it? The shoemaker and the elves. You're yes. like this magical elf who gets all the work done. So how do you promote your services now because you mentioned social media there yes or do you just leave it all to chance and the wonder of the drums seo (laughs) um i actually leave it to chance for the time being because i've just been trying to do it around having a kid and it's like it's literally evening and weekend time that i've currently got i've just left it to chance because all of the work that has been coming in fills that time um, my kid's going to be going off to nursery in May, so I will then have more time 
during the day to be actually focusing on work again and when that comes around I'll probably start kind of you know putting myself out there again um and that will just be through social media um and I'll probably do some kind of kicking off different companies um around where I live and just kind of make them aware that you know I'm there if they ever need a copywriter because you find that there's a lot of um, design agencies and they don't actually have a in-house copywriter so they do need to have someone that they can call upon when you know, they, they need to actually produce something which is bigger for their clients um, so I will you know I'll do a bit more kind of seeking of work then but at the moment I don't need to it just yeah it just finds me how have you found working around having a child it's it's um it's been interesting um it's 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 a tough one because you can feel really guilty because your brain is kind of constantly on work when you should be enjoying looking after your kids because you know they're not young for long they grow up so fast but um it's been kind of I suppose I, I felt that I've come across different hurdles um because I I can cope with the workload I can cope with the fact I don't have much of my own kind of personal time because I am working when the kids are um, asleep but the the biggest hurdle I found was that when you are having to uh, I don't know you, you've got new clients approaching you and you explain you've got a kid so you're working around that they become they they go very quiet and they don't get back to you with the work and so I then went through a stage of pretending I didn't have a kid um, and it then ended up being more hassle than it was worth because you're trying to do calls during the day but <laughs> they become impossible because the kid sleeps less and less during the day and then all of a sudden you've got a chitter chatter going on in the background so it just became more and more stressed so I just then started the approach that I was very honest up front and if they didn't, you know, they were like, oh, okay, and they didn't get back to me, I just went, I don't really want to work with you. Um, I just found that a lot of people almost thought, if I have a kid, I'm not going to give them my 100%. Um, it was almost that kind of feel because I, I I don't know about you, but I, I find that in the advertising world, there seems to be less women in the creative side of things than the men um when they get to my age because I suppose they go off and they have families and it's an industry that you can't really go back into if you've got a kid so you kind of I don't know you find it um you become very alienated from the industry so it's an achievement I've actually been able to kind of keep it going and my clients are all kind of like yeah fine you've got a kid no problem Um, and they're happy to talk to me when he's having a nap that kind of thing and they just leave it to me to get in contact with them but as I said it'll all change when it comes to May Um, I'll have a bit more of my kind of life back Um, yeah work will actually happen during normal working hours 
although I think my clients have got so used to me being a bit more flexible that I'll probably still get random phone calls late at night. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, nice. Okay, I'll tell you what, uh, quick break to remind everybody that this episode is supported by the lovely people at The Podcast Host. They are, well, actually a company which has grown out of one freelancer's passion for podcasting. A guy called Colin who's grown it up into what it is today, which is a place for you to go to if you want to get a podcast off the ground or if you already have one to help grow it further. They offer coaching courses. They have one-on-one mentorship, mastermind type group situations. They even offer a service where they can take your recordings, edit it all together, publish it to the world. So basically all you'd have to do is hit record and they take care of everything else. So whatever your technical capabilities, no matter how much time you have, if you're interested in starting a podcast, they're the people to speak to. So check them out, the podcast host. There's a link as ever at beingfreelance.com. But back to this podcast and to you, Laura, what's it been like dealing with the financial side of being freelance? Um, financial side is being fine. Um, I've actually just had to up my day rate because I'd kept it the same for six years. Um, <laughs> my accountant pointed out, he was like, you do realise you've kept your day rate the same for six years. I was like, oh, okay. So I did actually just recently up it, but because there's always been plenty of work, it obviously means there's always a steady cash flow coming in. Um, I just have to keep an eye on who's paid and who hasn't because as you know with all clients there's certain ones you you need to kick up the backside because they're not very good at paying but the financial side it's it's been okay I've got you know got a good an accountant that does all of it really so you do the invoicing though yeah I yeah. do I just have an indesign file that I um tweak send out pdfs to people I said it's it's um I always found with kind of like working out times and stuff, I, I was never very generous of how much time I said something would take when I quoted people. Um, I was always had a, a terrible habit of under-quoting jobs. So um, I now always make sure I add an extra half a day to a day kind of thing to whatever it is that I think. So if I think it's going to take two days, I will say it's going to take me two and a half days because um, that way I never end up working for free um, and nine times out of ten the client ends up happy as the final bill is less than the original quote <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you might say it's it'll take three days and then you actually end up billing two and a half yeah, yeah. that's it yeah because um, that was where I kind of found it I suppose from my financial side of things it was that's where I was kind of tripping up yeah I was just going oh my god this is taking me longer than the two days that I've quoted and of course you can't I you know I don't want to send over something that's not finished or I'm not happy with um so um yeah so I just kind of thought okay be a bit more generous with my time and just yeah yeah that's that's good and so do you do per project or is it per uh, uh, per hour or per day I have a day rate so depending on what the job is um certain people I would just like say well this is how much it is per day and if it's two and a half days I just you know charge them for that um some jobs don't take that long it's just a few bits here and there so I'll just you know give them a kind of a set price um and say oh you know that'll be 100 quid kind of thing um and other people it's if it's a, a, a massive project to work on um i would just give them a this is how much i would charge to rewrite you know your 
20 page website um, and just kind of yeah I'll just stick with that one final quote um, and just hope that actually it works out to um, balance with how many hours I actually put in um, so yeah it, it varies with project and it varies with the clients and I'm, I'm intrigued is there you know somebody who was living a fast-paced life in London agencies and stuff and even yeah. then when you started going freelance was still going into agencies and stuff, how have you found working by yourself from home like how, how have you found that side of it it's it was strange at first um you kind of miss the whole kind of general kind of chitter chatter that you have with other people the banter that you get but um I suppose because you're so busy and you're just focusing on the work you kind of get absorbed into it and it's just it's nice to I don't know as I say like you you start work and you finish it and you know that you've done eight hours of work rather than having to work extra long because you realise that you've spent three hours in a meeting um, and you haven't actually done any of the work that you've needed for that day. So I actually, I've kind of adjusted to <laughs> this remote working style of life really well. Um, I just, to kind of, you know, it, it can be a bit overrated, the whole London agency lifestyle you always think oh it's going to be absolutely amazing and it'll be great and um but it, <laughs> as I said I, I was just always coming home and I just turned into a zombie because you're getting home at 10 11 o'clock at night and you're you know you can't get to sleep because your brain is still kind of so fully charged and then you're getting up at five six in the morning to get back into the office and other nights you're there until three, four in the morning because you've got a pitch and you've got there's no point going home because the pitch is at eight in the morning. So all the the downside of working in agencies just always seemed to kind of they just didn't add up to make it worthwhile. Mm. Um, and I just I just don't get that now. I just you know I'm doing the work, which is what I like. I like writing copy. I like kind of being creative with my copy. Love it, love it. Um, okay, now I always do this thing where I ask for three facts about yourself. Make two true, one a lie. Let me figure out the lie. Okay. First one, I got struck by lightning when I was rock climbing in Thailand during a thunderstorm. <laughs> yep. I walked down the aisle at my wedding to Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> and to avoid Valentine's Day, my husband and I went out the night before and I fell on my face, broke my jaw and smashed up my perfect teeth. <gasps> wow okay um <laughs> right so you got struck by lightning whilst yes. rock climbing yeah it's very dangerous to do in a thunderstorm rock climbing is and obviously in thailand if you go in the rainy season you've got thunderstorms happening all the time so did, did it like connect to like the the metal on your carabiner type thing if i'm getting the words right or, <laughs> or, or did it like strike you no it strikes the rock face and it goes down <sighs> the rope and of course it then it's like you know you've got all of your metal carabiners which you're yeah. right with hanging off your your belt so it's um yeah it's they always say if you if there's a thunderstorm you're rock climbing you need to get down from the cliff ASAP. Um, and, yeah, we, we weren't lucky enough. Um, and uh, <gasps> What happened to you? Did it throw you from, from the rock face? 
like yeah it's 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 a massive i mean it feels like you're being stung by like 10,000 bees at once it's oh. it's it's a it's a a powerful force um and yeah you it's but the thing is i mean it, it, it's only what 10 percent actually die from being struck by lightning so it's not actually as serious as you think you know when we were in australia last because uh, my wife's australian uh our little boy was really scared of uh he was four at the time he was really scared of thunderstorms and we were like oh they're Bless. fine but nobody nobody really dies in a thunderstorm <laughs> no. and literally 200 meters down the road from us on a campsite on a beach this guy got hit by lightning and died while we were there. Thank God he couldn't read the newspapers at the time. Uh, Oh, my God, that's bad luck. But I suppose, yeah, it's okay. That sounds very true. It was, why Eye of the Tiger in your wedding? I mean, because the trouble is, I can't hear that song without shadow boxing. So is that what you were doing down the aisle? No, I I, I didn't want the typical kind of, yeah, I just didn't want the typical tune so mm. i wanted something that was a bit fun a bit quirky that would make people laugh before <laughs> they saw me um to take the attention of me because i hated the thought of walking down the aisle and i was trying to persuade my husband to walk down it with me but he was like no 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 i have to be at the front yeah holding a bucket yeah. for you to spit into or something yes. like that. <laughs> and you fell over and broke your jaw on valentine's eve and your teeth and everything yes uh oh man uh, do you know what i'm going for that as the line the broken jaw yeah? Yeah. Okay. You're wrong. <laughs> oh, man! What was it? It was this struck by lightning in a thunderstorm. Ah, that was so convincing. Oh, good. Thank you. <laughs> For a while, I got good at this game, and now I've yeah. got rubbish at it again. Uh, <laughs> if you could tell your uh, younger self one thing about being freelance, what would it be? God, I, it, it would be... Don't be scared to actually just kind of state like this is how it rolls um don't be kind of like thinking oh what does the client want to hear um when it comes to timings costs etc just literally go okay how long will it take me how much will it cost and just put it out there and if the client's not happy with it it doesn't matter rather than trying to please the client just do what i know is the right amount of time and money like if it. that makes sense <laughs> absolutely um Good. we will have links to laura and manga head on our website beingfreelance.com go take a look listen to all of the other guests as well sign up to the newsletter while you're there and laura it's a wonderful story and i'm glad everything's working out and Thank clearly you. the company's just going to go from strength to strength as your child goes to school and thing you know yes. it's like <laughs> it's uh, it's totally flexible and it's totally um, to your own making and that's it's brilliant um laura thanks so much and all the best being freelance thank you that's it how nice was she don't forget to check out beingfreelance.com amazing she's not actually on twitter you can't reach out there's not many of the guests who aren't on twitter maybe this is why she's so productive <laughs> you can uh, you can check that out beingfreelance.com where you can also find loads of other guests so if you're new to this podcast maybe you've already missed stuff like this appearing kind of cheap or very very good value doesn't necessarily in the minds of your clients instill a sense of value they you know they they will see you as the cheaper option forever do something that you love to do something that you would do even if you weren't getting paid you don't have to be prim and proper when you're talking to clients no one expects you to be an mp 
if you put your time and effort into the stuff that you love, you will rise to the top as someone who's doing it really well. If you think that you're only going to succeed by producing great work that's better than everyone else and that somehow magically you'll get picked up and noticed, that is a fantasy. Find all the guests at beingfreelance.com and of course subscribe on wherever you get your podcast from, the like us of iTunes, where you can also leave a review. We really appreciate those. It makes a difference. So thanks very much. In the meantime, you have a great week being freelance. Thank you.